You're listening to a podcast from Victory. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Learn more about active love in week eight of our series, Redefined. So today we're going to talk about, once again, love. Not the passive love, which we talked about last week, but we're talking about active love. Something that uh, asks us to do something. We have to do something about it. And today we're going to talk about that love. So we go to our main text found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 48. It says here, Matthew 5, verse 43, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? And last verse, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you as you anoint the preaching of your word. Thank you, God, that you are preparing our hearts with regards to our topic for today. Holy Spirit, fill us right now. Thank you, God, that you will be able to minister to each and every one of, this, of our friends, brothers and sisters who are in this room. Speak to them, Lord, wherever they are, Lord. Minister to them in the situation that they are in right now. Thank you, God, for your presence. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We are now talking about redefined. Yan. And our topic for today, once again, is love. But what kind of love? It's actually loving your enemies. Yan. Sino sa inyo may kaaway? Kanina, sa parking. Sino sa inyo may nakaaway last week? Sige, activity. How many of you have experienced being having attention with someone else. I, I'm sure all of us, right? Okay. Sige. Activity. Can you please close your eyes? Yan. And I will sing. Close your eyes. Imagine and ask God for a picture of the time that you were betrayed, you were hurt, somebody betrayed you or hurt you, Imagine that person right now. Imagine that person who you consider your worst enemy. That may be before, that may be current, and I hope it's not the future. Just imagine. Imagine that person. Okay? Alright. Sige. Pwede na po kayong dumilat. Yung iba parang makatulog na. Okay. Yan. At least you have a picture of the person. And we're going to talk about him the entire message. Okay? So at least you have the picture of that person. So today, nowadays, who are our enemies? Napaka ano ba? Napakahirap ba ng question? Sino kaya yung enemy number one at this season? Yung medyo trending na enemy. Who is it? LTFRB. 
Yan. Diba? Parang enemy yan ngayon. Especially nung pag may coding. And most of us experience having enemies where else? Probably in work. Your boss, old boss, business, old business partner. Maybe yung enemy mo, you don't even know him. Kinat ka sa road. All of us experience having enemies. But for some, enemies are actually close to them. Probably a brother, sister, relatives. Yan, close sa'yo. Kumpare mo dati, nagsulian na kayo ng kandila dahil nag-away kayo. Maybe your mother even or your father. And no one is actually exempted from having enemies. I remember this interview they did to a 97-year-old guy. Sabi sa kanya, Why is it that you're very energetic at 97 years old? What's your secret? Sabi sa kanya. And ang sabi ng guy, I actually don't have an enemy. Zero. I don't have an enemy anywhere in the world. Kahit saan yan, wala akong kaaway at 97 years old. Sabi. So tinanong sa kanya, what's your secret? Bakit wala kang enemy? Ang sabi niya, I outlive everyone. Yan. Okay, sige. Konti pa. Madadigest niya yan. So namatay na po lahat ng kaaway niya. He outlived everyone. Do we live in that place? Yung parang pag may ka, Okay na yun, basta, kahit di na tayo maging ma-restore, wala na akong pake, kung quits na tayo, wag na tayo mag-usap. Ito yung pag nakita mo sa mall, yung sobrang saya mo, di ba, you go to Green Hills, shopping ka, you go downstairs, buy a bag, triple A bag, I have a new bag, tapos nakita ka, parang ano, wina ako, wala na akong gana. Yung talagang kahit gano ka kasaya, pag nakita mo yung kaaway mo, wala na, no, parang... Sira na yung araw mo, no? And ako, I remember when I did that exercise, what I asked you to do, God gave me a picture of someone na nakaaway ko way back. Uh, it was my former work. We were, my wife and I were in Cebu. Nagkaroon po ng um, uh, connivance between the staff that I was managing. And it came to a point that the company that I was part of decided to pursue them sa case. And... Because they, we filed a case against them, somebody texted me. Ano to, ah? Walang untraceable. Kasi number lang, walang name, eh. Sabi niya, hindi niyo iurong yung kaso, ipapabarang ko kayo. Sabi niya, di ako, grabe to, ah! How would you, who dare you say, ipapabarang mo ko? Sabi ko, bro, ano ba yung barang? Di ko kasi alam, eh. Yung pala, Barang is papakulam. Sabi, papakulam daw ako. Ah, okay. Buti lang, Christian na ako. Di na ako apektuhan. But, you know, when you get texts like that, when you get offended by someone, parang it, it eats up all your energy. Alam niyo yung feeling na yun? Yung talagang, when you wake up, you're stressed. Before you sleep, you're stressed. And you, you just can't get that peace, no? And I like what Dale Carnegie said. Sabi niya, when we hate our enemies, we are giving them the power over us. Power over our sleep, our appetite, our blood pressure, our health, and our happiness. I remember during this time, I was 300 pounds. Nag-lose naman ako ng 5 pounds because of my enemy. Yun lang yung nag-benefit, no? But really, talagang when I wake up, sila kagad yung naiisip ko. When I open my Bible, ang devotion ko, parang lahat nag apply sa kanila. 
favorite kong books yung mga um, sa Exodus, yung paglabas nila, yung papatayin yung iba, ganun yung prayer ko, no? Parang, Lord, avenge me! Ako lang ba yung masama dito? Nafe-feel niyo ba yung nafe-feel ko? Yung parang, di ba, nanggigigil tayo, no? And this is how we react when we have enemies. That's why loving our enemies is very hard. When Jesus said, I say to you, love your enemies, parang for me, no? Lord, okay na na hindi ako mag-retaliate. Okay na yun. Hindi na ako mag-retaliate. I will not post my thoughts on Facebook about that person, my enemy. I will not say anything, but that's it. As a Christian, okay na ako. I've done my part. But Jesus is telling us otherwise. And now, we go to His Word. And before we start what Jesus was saying, let's see the context. In verse 43, it says here, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Jesus is actually quoting a Levitical law, which comes from, of course, the book of Leviticus chapter 19. It says here, you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people. So even the word of God said, wag kayong hihigante kung naopress kayo. So there was no word that says, hate your enemy. So what did the Jews, the, the Pharisees, what did the Pharisees do? They actually manipulated the word for their benefit. Sabi nila, okay, sabi ni Jesus, uh, sabi ni Lord, through Moses, sabi niya, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so that magkaroon tayo ng enemy, let's define neighbor. God's heart was, when he said that, sabi niya, your neighbor is everyone, including your enemy. But what did they do sa law? Ang ginawa nila, no, let's define neighbor as the Jews and people who believe the law. Yun lang daw yung neighbors. So the rest, pwede ng enemy. That's how they did it. Sino yung the rest? Probably in the New Testament time, it was the Romans who oppressed them. Probably the tax collectors who would extort money to them. And it was also the rest of the world except Jews, so yung mga Gentiles. So sinabi nila, enemy namin yan. This, was, this is what the Pharisees uh, did. No? They, they redefined the law. And Jesus was going back to the word and saying, you, for, you missed my heart. That's why you don't understand the law. Now we come to verse uh, 44 where Jesus now redefines what he really meant by the law. So what did Jesus mean? In verse 44, it says, But I say to you, meaning Jesus is telling us, tell the, the person on your left, Jesus is telling you. Yeah. Tell the person on your right, I know, okay. Alright. Okay. So Jesus is telling us, love your enemies. Not just one enemy. He didn't say, love your enemy so I can choose and then forgive one and then the rest I will hate. He says, all enemies. It's plural. Love your enemies. Unfortunately for us, no, when we say love, the highest standard of human love at its, be at its best is actually contaminated by some degree of impurities. Why? Because when we love, lagi siyang merong self-interest. When we love someone, 
That's because you find something attractive about that person. Because something beneficial is there. Because you like the person. That's why it's not automatic for us to love someone we don't like. Diba? We don't, if we don't like the person, we won't invest time to build a friendship with them. That's how we are wired. When we fall in love, it's because of something good. We see something good about that person. But as Christians, Jesus is saying, love your enemies. And the hard part is, walang benefit sa yon. Hindi po yon uh, may emotion. Ibig when you love your enemies, there's no emotion that, in, that is included na positive, puro negative. Parang, ang hirap. I don't know how to move forward. So the question is, why? Why is Jesus asking us to love our enemies? And I believe the answer is found in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, 7. It says here, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is who our Father is. He is actually Love. God is love. This is His nature. This is His identity. And now, as the new citizen of His kingdom, what is He saying? I want you to have the same conduct as my nature. He was, Jesus was teaching this Sermon on the Mount and saying, you have to be identified to me. You have to be just like me. God is love, therefore you, as followers of Jesus, must show love even to your enemies. God is love. I like what Alfred Plummer, one of the um, theologians, said, To return evil for good is devilish. To return good for good is human, but to return good for evil is divine. What does divine mean? Divine means like God means our identity being divine is being just like God. But what kind of love is Jesus asking us when he said, love your enemies? Now we understand that God is love. We understand that he wants us to love our enemies. What kind of love? Ano bang klaseng love yung gusto ni God para, para from us to our enemies? Is it a romantic kind of love? Pag nakat ka ba ng kotse dahil sinabi ni God na love your enemies, bababa ka and say, bro, I love you. Ganun ba yon? Is it that kind of love? I like the um, Greek word that was used, which is agape. Agape means unconditional love. It's sacrificial love. Expresses the purest and noble form of love, which is a personal choice. Tap the person to your right and say, it's your choice. Yan. Agape kind of love is a decision and it's made by us. It's our choice. It's not motivated by anything in return. It's not motivated by attraction and it's not motivated. There's no self-interest. This is the kind of love Jesus was talking about. It's not a feeling, but it is a choice. The message version gives us a picture of how it is to love our enemies. In the message version, it says here, Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst in you. 
When you're confronted with your enemies, think about it just for a moment. When you're confronted with your enemies, when you come across them, tomorrow, pag nakita mo sila sa, sa office, when you go to your pantry, have your coffee, dumating yung worst enemy mo of all, your boss. <laughs> Joke lang. Dumating yung worst enemy mo, biglang umupo sa tabi mo, di ka kinakausap. Will your mood change? Will you be different? Will he bring out the best in you or the worst in you? Diba when you love someone, like for example, no, I was telling this uh, this morning, pag may balikbayan kayo, pag uwian, Philippines, and you're very close to that person, diba it brings out the best in you? You serve them, you bring them out, diba? Kahit, kahit hassle, you fix your schedule, you drive for them. Jesus is asking us to do that even with our enemies. Do they bring out the best in you or do they bring out the worst in you. Tingnan mo yung katabi mo. Tingnan mo. Mukha bang best niya yan? Or worst niya yan? Yan. Best, di ba? Best na best. Yan. Okay. As we continue, in verse 44, Jesus does not only tell us to love our enemies, He also tells us to pray for those who persecute you. Going back to my story, sabi ko, Lord, Yung mga, yung mga nakaaway ko sa Cebu, sabi ko, Lord, I pray for them. Sinabi ko yung names. Anim yata sila or pito. Lord, because mukhang mabait naman sila, kunin mo na rin ngayon. Baka pwede, Lord, para hindi ko naisipin. Hindi ko naisipin kung iiwas ba ako dito. Do we pray for our enemies? Jesus is asking us to pray for our enemies. You know why? Because when we pray, Jesus sees what's in our heart. Imagine this right now. Just pray. Pray for the enemy that you have that picture in your mind. Can you really say it even in your heart to speak a blessing? Yung umapis sa'yo? Yung nakasakit sa pamilya nyo? Yung nalugi yung negosyo nyo dahil dito sa taon to? Can you actually say it? In your mind lang. Lord, I speak a blessing. I pray that He prospers. It's hard. But Jesus is saying that we're called to do this. And later, I'll tell you why. If there's three things that we need to pray for with our enemies, it's this. Number one, for them to encounter Jesus. For them to encounter Jesus. Why? May pinanggagalingan din yan. Yung anger nila, how they respond to us, may pinanggagalingan yan. Yung bitterness nila sa atin, maybe they experienced something traumatic when they were small as well. Maybe naloko din sila, that's why they're like that. Secondly, for them to repent. If they're in sin, if they sin against you, or if you see their lives sinning against others, pray that they see sin for what sin is, and for them to repent. And thirdly, pray for their healing. Although, maybe wala naman silang physical na sakit, what I'm saying is for them to have that healing, spiritual healing for them to know who Christ is. We're called to pray for our enemies. And in verse 45, the, the Amplified Version, I chose this, says, so that you may show yourselves to be the children of your Father who is in heaven. What does that mean? You know, every Christmas, most of us, di ba, may mga reunion tayo, and it's the time that I see most of my family. 
And every Christmas, they would ask me to host the very small clan party lang. And they would ask me to host. And almost every year, I hear three statements. Walang anian, walang patin. Number one, ang kulit mo, parang daddy mo. Grabe. Tawa kami tawa. Number two, grabe ka, parang ang tito mo, ang kulit mo. Nung siya nag-host, ganyan. Tawa kami tawa. Yung last, ang kulit mo, parang lola mo. Apo ka talaga ni Ellen. Why are they saying this? Because it's a reflection of who we are as a family. Although I didn't study how they are, I probably got it. With regards to our word, Jesus is saying, do you represent Him outside the world? When you're outside, do they see God in you? When you're outside the church, do they see that you live a righteous life? Is your identity a representation of our Heavenly Father? That's the question I want to impose to everyone. Is your identity a representation of our Heavenly Father? When you get out, when you go to the office, you post today, attended 4 p.m. service at Victory Green Hills, 4th floor V Mall, parked at slot number 32. face. Monday, paso ka. Hoy, mare! Grabe, nag-church ka na pala. Hindi, ano na ako, 2001, nag-church na ako sa Victory. Talaga? Hindi ka pala nila tinuturuan, wag magmura. Do we represent who God is? Is our life outside church different? How do we treat people around us? Let's not exclude muna, exclude muna natin enemy. Do we treat people for them to know Jesus? Do they see that in your lives? Who do you represent? What's your identity? Because scripture says, the old has gone, the new has come. So yung bagong ikaw, do you represent the old you or the new you? Let's continue in verse 45. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. What Jesus is saying is, sinners, Gentiles, tax collectors, tax collectors are considered the worst of sinners. Even them, they know how to show love to people. Jesus is asking us, what are you doing more than others? Are you just the same? Are we just the same with them? We only love people we benefit from. We only love people who are related to us, are we just the same? Jesus is asking us right now, do we represent Him? And are we doing more than others? I want to share with you a story with regards to this question that I hope you guys have a heart check as well. I'm, sharing, I'm going to share a story about 
a woman named Jennifer Thompson. Jennifer Thompson was actually a rape victim in 1984. She was a rape victim, and the police said she was the perfect witness. After the incident, she was able to come up with a, what do you call it? Drink. <laughs> the sketch. Diba? Yung cartographic sketch. How about Yeah, she was able to come up with a very vivid sketch. Detalyado. Tangos ng ilong, hair, complexion, nunal, blackheads. Talagang to the detail. And when the lineup came in, out of several men, sabi niya, this is the person who defiled me, or who raped me, sabi niya ganun. And that person was this guy, Ronald Cotton. Ronald Cotton was uh, convicted of lifetime imprisonment because of the crime in 1984. So this guy, Ronald Cotton, said he was innocent. He didn't do it. Wala akong kinalaman. I don't even know where it happened. I don't know what you're saying. I didn't do it, sabi ni Ronald Cotton. But unfortunately, the evidence was going against him. Sabi, siya yon, drinowing siya, pati height. Talagang, to the, to the very little detail, it matched his description. After a year of serving his life sentence inside prison, Ronald Cotton met this guy. His name's Bobby Poole. If there's something funny about Bobby Poole, he actually looked like Ronald Compton. Ronald Cotton. Features, the same. Height, the same. When you look, Google it, talagang magkamukha sila. And this guy was actually serving two life sentences for rape. So he's stuck there, no parole, and he's stuck in prison. This guy was actually not repentant about what he's done because he was bragging about the women that she's raped. He was actually saying that nahuli lang siya for two, but he actually offended more women. And one of the girls that she was describing was Jennifer Thompson. So Ronald Poole was actually wrongly accused. He was wrongly accused. Hindi siya yung gumawa. They were, they were working, di ba sa prison, di ba may work sila? They were working inside the kitchen. Si, si Ronald, sabi nga niya in his um, interview, sabi niya, there was a time he was looking for something that could... He wanted to murder the guy because he was there suffering for not what he did. And he remembered the last visit of his dad. His dad told him to put his faith in the Lord. Sabi niya, Dad, I'm stuck here. What are you talking about? And the dad kept on saying, just put your faith in the Lord. And he followed that advice. He didn't do it. Set up a meeting with his lawyer. Wanted to reopen the case. Sabi niya, nahanap niya, kaharap niya, nakakasama niya every day. Yung taong totoong nag-rape. Fortunately, they reopened the case. And you know what happened? Guess what happened? He lost. Ronald Cotton lost. Because it was two convicts' word against the victim. He still lost. He didn't get out. He was stuck there. He had to finish his life sentence. He was stuck there even though he was wrongly accused. And what happened next? After 11 years, 11 long years of being stuck for a crime that he did not commit, 
there was an interview as well with uh, the girl, Jennifer. And she said, for 11 straight years, every day I pray to God that this man would die. She got justice with the world, with the justice system, nahatulan, nahanap, nahatulan. But for her, she was still angry. She was still suffering the pain. She was really mad about what happened. One day, somebody knocks on her door, now married with her family, and it was the lead investigator. Lead investigator said, Jennifer, I'm sorry, but you were wrong. Now technology has DNA, and they found out it was really the other guy, Bobby Poole. It wasn't Ronald Cotton who raped you. They look alike, but they're not the same person. And you were wrong. Of course, Ronald Cotton was released immediately. And then the other guy had to take over the third life sentence. He was stuck there. He'll get out parang 210 years old na yata siya or something. And this is Jennifer, by the way, now. And now, two years after, so 84 plus 11, on the 13th year, Nina talaga mapakali si Jennifer. Sabi niya, I put an innocent man in prison. What did she do? She decided to actually meet the guy, Ronald. Met with him, and this is what she said. I'm sorry if I, if I spend every day for the rest of my life saying sorry to you, it wouldn't come close to what I feel. Jennifer felt broken for destroying the man's life. Sabi niya, I'm sorry, pero kahit sabihin ko yan everyday sayo, it still won't make me feel better. And you know what Ronald said? Ronald, calm and quiet, said, I'm not mad at you. I've never been mad at you. I just wanted you to have a good life. This is what the guy who she accused of said to her 13 years later. I'm not mad at you. I just wanted you to have a good life. What happened next? She was forgiven by Ronald. And after a few months, she decided to meet the real criminal. She reasoned that, he, this is what she said, I forgive you, but the guy never responded. He was just in shock. The guy who really raped her was in shock. And she said, I forgive you. And, she, and he didn't say anything. She reasoned that if Ronald Cotton could forgive her, she could forgive Bobby Poole. Her reasoning was, if somebody could forgive me for a, something that I have done wrong to that person, then I can also forgive someone who has wronged me. I like what um, the Apostle Paul said in, his, um, in, in 1 Timothy. He said there that, he considered himself as the chief sinner. What does that mean? Shadow yung worst of all sinners. Sinner of all sinners. Yung sinabi ni Apostle Paul. And if you think about it, if you read, if you've read the Bible, you know that he is not the worst of all. But what was he saying? He was actually saying that he sees himself as sinner first before sin against. This is the attitude of Paul. He knew that he was a sinner. 
And to end this story, this is now Ronald and Jennifer. Now they have an organization, very good friends. Their organization now is uh, helping people who have been wrongly accused. Naging, naging ano na nilang nila yun, naging um, heart to serve the others who have been wrongly accused. Jennifer's life went upside down. Bumaliktad po yung buhay niya. From someone who was concentrated with one enemy for 11 years, praying, cursing, wanting that person to die, she realized she is now the person who also needs forgiveness from. Alam mo yung life na feeling mo, ikaw yung inaape, ikaw lang may kaaway, and then now you realize that ikaw rin pala, you have also hurt others. And this is a story probably of all of us here. In Romans 5.10, it says here, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. There was a time that we were also enemies. There was a time that we were also that person in the eyes of God. That when He died for our sins, He didn't die when we started to read the Bible. He didn't die when we were okay with Him. He actually died and called us to His presence when we were not okay. When we were considered enemies, He got us anyway. He saved us anyway by sending His one and only Son to die on the cross. And this is the love of God. I hope you get this, that why we're preaching this word for us to love our enemies. Because this is the nature of our Father. And we can only share this love if we ourselves have been forgiven. We can only be like this if we realize that God, I was an enemy, but you still saved me anyway. You still loved me anyway without anything in return. Even though I still go back to my sins, even though I still struggle with, with stuff, you still loved me anyway. Regardless of the shame, regardless if we have been drowning in sin, Jesus rescued us. In our deepest, darkest sin, Jesus was there to embrace us. Even though we have been sinning against Him, we have been sinning against others, this is who our Father is. As I end and as I call the music team, Chapter 5 finishes this way. And I believe it's summarized not only for this sermon, but actually from the start, from Beatitudes, from anger, from preaching on no retaliation, from preaching of lust. Jesus ends the chapter like this. You, therefore, will be perfect, growing into spiritual maturity both in mind and character, actively integrating godly values into your daily life as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the message version. What Jesus is saying is that, I'm not saying that you live a sinless life just like my son. What God is saying here is, I want you to mature. Mature both in your mind and in your character. Actively integrating godly values into your daily life. And this is only possible through the grace of God. This is only possible through the love of God. Our calling 
is to imitate the Father, and that includes loving our enemies. Jesus gave himself for his enemies, which was once us, and now he calls us to give ourselves for our own enemies. Can I ask everyone to stand? Can we just take this time to now worship God with a different perspective? Now let's worship God with that lens of once we were also his enemies. Once we were also sinners. Once we were also someone who didn't know what's right from wrong. And let's worship God with what he has done in our life. Thank you for listening to one of our podcasts. We hope it blesses and inspires you to honor God and make disciples. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit victory.org.ph or download the Victory app for free on the iTunes Store or Google Play. If you would like to share a story of God's faithfulness in your life, please visit victory.org.ph slash mystory.